OTB Sports Rugby. 1-15, to everyone's got a role to play in terms of breaking down the opposition, but it's an enjoyable attack to, to be involved in because we all like to play rugby and get our hands on the ball and stuff like that. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Off the ball. This is News Talk. You're welcome back. It is Thursday's Off the Ball. Nathan with you this evening until 10 o'clock. We want to turn our attention to Gaelic football and in particular the state of the Ulster teams in the Allianz Football League. There's a massive game on Sunday at Healy Park in Oma where Tyrone take on Kerry. It's a very early start as well. It's a 12.45 throw-in uh, to chat about the state of Tyrone and uh, everything else that's going on in Ulster. I'm delighted to be joined by the Gaelic Games writer Declan Bogue. Good evening, Declan. Good evening, Nathan. Uh, we'll be joined by the former down footballer Danny Hughes as well. Uh, it is the 2nd of March, Declan. We're four games into the Allianz League. Are we okay to headline this Tyrone in crisis? Uh, it, it, but, it's a, but it's a perpetual headline, that Tyrone in crisis, because it, it comes nearly every year. Uh, oddly, oddly, uh, Tyrone are just one of these teams that go through a National League and they are traditionally slow starters. Uh, they normally don't do too well in their in their first two games, but that's been the way of it really uh, since '03 when they won the league in Mickey Hart's first year in charge. Like they haven't really they got to a league final all right, uh, but they haven't really been a, a massive league team. They haven't particularly travelled well. I can remember going down to Killarney one time and throwing. Uh, I think James O'Donoghue had a hat trick in the first half. That was a real hose they got. Uh, they were down in Killarney then in the year they won the All-Ireland and David Clifford knocked in a few goals that day too. Even Anoma, uh, Throne have been vulnerable to Kerry. Uh, I remember in 09 after they'd, they'd beaten Kerry in the away final, uh, Kerry were 2-8, 2 to not 2 up after the first half hour uh, of that game and Gucci scored a couple of goals. It was in Oma where Eamon Fitzmaurice first played Gooch at number 11, I think, in, in, in 2013. Uh, and that was just a sight to behold. Like, And he just completely cut loose. So, yeah, look, there's there's an awful lot of um, to get your teeth into with the rivalry, but especially even with the league games. And um, I would imagine Kerry would take great delight in coming up the road and really, uh, really locked and loaded for this one. So, two decades since <laughs> 2003 and Mickey Hart and coming in and... Uh, successful league campaign the slow start is it is any part of it then a tried and trusted method that they have finally honed through the years to be able to peak at the right time at later in the season or is that given too much credit to what's happening at the moment no because I mean it was wasn't it wasn't it the final league game in Killarney in 21 where they got that absolute mm. stuff on? Uh, maybe it wasn't the final league game but it was certainly you know, in the middle of that league campaign, they went down to Clarence and got absolutely annihilated and won the All-Ireland uh, thereafter. And then last year, uh, Kerry, fair enough, had already qualified for the league final. It was round seven in the National League and Tyrone had been in rank form and turned around and beat them. The highlight of that game was the Neil Morgan kickout that was caught in midfield by Dara Canavan, no less, who hit this beautiful outside of the... Uh, outside of the boot passed to Darren McCurry who in turn stuck it into the net but the outside of his left boot it was one of the goals of the season but you know these things sometimes happen in the league and nobody thinks more about them but I don't think it is particular I think Toronto is just one of those teams that they're due stinkers like and you know it can come against 
a range of teams, really. Uh, they normally, round four or round five, they will pull a big result out of it. Like last year, they looked to be in bother, and then Mayo came Noma uh, on a Saturday evening, and they really they cut loose that evening and got themselves out of bother by a big win there. This one feels a bit different. This one feels a bit like they could be in serious bother, I think. So their league campaign... Opening round, they were beaten by Roscommon by a goal. Uh, then they recovered double score victory against Donegal. But in the last two games, they've been beaten 16 points to 8 by Galway. And then last weekend against Mayo, 4-10 to 12 mm. points. The sense that this feels different, what is that? What is it based on when you look at the performance of the last two weeks? Which, particularly in that Mayo game, if you think of the first 20 minutes... Like there was nothing wrong with that Tyrone performance. It was Mayo who you were looking at going, Phew, maybe actually that victory against Kerry was a bit of a false stone. But once Mayo built up a head of steam, Tyrone felt like they'd nothing in the legs. Yeah. Uh, numbers, there, there's loads of different reasons there, Nathan. Uh, but but chiefly, like, I mean, you know, you, you cited the Donegal win 16-8. I think anybody in, in Tyrone are getting too excited about beating that, that particular yeah, yeah. Donegal team, that version of that Donegal team, and given who all was out and the fact that Patrick McBurty actually suffered injury in that game. Uh, but then, it's, it's, as well as everything else, it's just, a, it's just that if you look at the team, like there's no Ronan McNamara anymore. Like, I mean, he, he, he's been sort of uh, named on the bench, but not making appearances. Uh, you know, you, you got to remember that, you know, the likes of Pat, Matty Donnelly is now no longer a starter. Um, I would have him as a starter. I think they're playing Peter Hart out of position in number six. If you look at the the, the run of, was it six consecutive scores that Galway got, like Sean Kelly, Cal Sweeney, they're all getting into the D and scoring around the D. Um, and then if you look at Mayo, then the, the goal from Dermot O'Connor was the most obvious case in point was one midfielder just kind of looked and chased and then kind of gave up the, the chase. Even the goal by Hessian, someone that made a lunge and it was like playing tag rather than actually a, a tackle. Around the D, they're just wide open. And um, whatever about Peter Hart, and he is a fine, fine Rolls Royce of a footballer, but he is not a centre half back. He's not a stopper. Mm. He's not a stopper. And the, the other one they all earned, play the wing back. But apart from all that, like the, their defence has been annihilated because they've got no Michael O'Neill. Michael O'Neill, you ask me who Michael O'Neill is, right? He's thrown got 15 nominations uh, when they won the All-Iron for for All-Stars. Michael O'Neill didn't. Cal McShane got a nomination and he wasn't even starting in games. But Michael O'Neill is one of these players that coaches absolutely adore and playmates, play, uh, uh, teammates completely adore because he does the stuff that nobody else really notices. He closes off channels. He he, he will put in a big physical hit. He will be an extra body and is an auxiliary centre-half back. He's playing in the number 11 jersey, which was um, made famous, I suppose, in the last uh, two decades by his, uh, his Arbo club mate. But he couldn't be any more different than a Brian McGuigan. Like he's not a man to pick you a pass or anything like that. He is a man of pure, honest, hard work, uh, knowing what's his role and uh, executing that. And from the All Ireland final, he only played three games for Tron. That was against Fermanagh in the championship, Derry in the championship, Armagh in the championship. Against Fermanagh, and this is this was a real warning shot. Like this man had been out with an ankle injury. Mm. After forty seconds, he got a black card for a trip on James McMahon. His timing was just off. Uh, he came back on in that game obviously after the black card that, that, that period went 
and then he had to be taken off. I think he came on as a sub against Derry, and I think he was subbed off after starting against Armagh, which showed you that Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar are desperate to have him in, that they put in a half-fit Michael O'Neill, but they don't have him, nor do they have Colm Cavanagh anymore, that massive wingspan that he had. I was looking at the Mayo game and I was going, who an under God is playing sweeper here for Tyrone? And the truth is that I spent most of the game looking at it, I couldn't figure it out, and there didn't seem to be anyone in particular. Now, are they holding something back for the championship? Do they not have that player in the personnel? Uh, is there someone there that could even you know do it for a temporary role? Like why not Matty Donnelly at six and put Peter Hart out to the wing? I don't know. And like I mean, you know, if you can say that Matty doesn't have the 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 aerobic capacity or whatever it is for seventy five minutes of football, that's fine. But tell Matty, look, don't go don't go past the forty five meter line. Just be there, be a stopper, shore up all the runners coming through because you could see in that. Dermot O'Connor goal after it went in. He was going ballistic at his teammates, like saying, "Why, why is this happening?" You know. Anthony Moyles is on. Taking you down that rabbit hole. Like <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, it's fascinating because, again, when you're particularly at this early stage where you're sort of half seeing half games and you're wondering, is you know, is the Mayo game live on TV? And you're reading too much into that. And also it follows on from last year and the fallout, or, well, almost two years ago, from the fallout of the All-Ireland of you know half a dozen players drifting out of the squad and people questioning whether there were issues behind the scene. Last year's championship is incredibly flat in those performances against Derry and Armagh. And everybody is searching for what is the missing link. And it's interesting that it could be somebody like a Michael O'Neill who nobody's really thinking about, who isn't one of the star names, that actually did a very pivotal job for a group that... you. By the sounds of it, they don't have anyone who can anyone else who can do that. Yeah, I I mean that's that. It's probably a pet theory of mine, and I've and I've thought about it and I wrote about it last week, and then maybe that's why I'm just blurging it all out like in in, in one lump, like you know, uh, like a like a baby snappy as they would say in goals. But it's not that. I mean, you know, you can't lose here in McCann, and uh, you can't lose the leg of Michael Cassidy, Ron O'Neill. You can't lose Conor McKenna and all that, and expect the team to be just fine. Like now, maybe there was a case that the leg of Neil Devlin, the leg of Rory Canavan, the you know, Cor- um, Cor- Cor- Quinn, all these boys are eventually going to, you know, push them out anyway. Joe Goose, all these young, talented footballers are going to do that. But, like, you have lost some experience. You have lost R- Rory Brennan. Uh, you know, top, top end players that Tron needed because it just makes training, it just elevates training to a completely different standard mm. instead of having people who are merely finding their way and learning the ropes up in Gervahe. But You kind well of need that, those guys you've spoken about as well. To, quite often you just need them to give it another year so that even if they're not in the team, just that they're there at training sessions. I always think of Tommy Walsh saying in his last year, he sort of knew no matter what he would do in Kilkenny, mm-hmm. Brian Cody wasn't going to give him a start. But he felt he owed it to this group to be there, to turn up at training, to test the next guy, to show him the level that you have to be at. And if you, as you say, suddenly your A, B, a versus B game, the quality of that dips massively if all of those players are missing out. Could you be? Could you imagine being the twenty-year-old wing forward who's chasing after Tiernan McCann up in Gervahi uh, in a training match, and say, "Right, okay, Tiernan McCann's not there." Like, I mean, you'd be breathing a wee bit easier, wouldn't mm. you? You'd, you'd be going for an extra scoop of chips with your lunch. Uh, 
but it's it's like I mean, also someone like Conor McKenna and people didn't. Some people didn't really get him uh, saying that you know he needed to be consistently doing what he was doing throughout seventy five minutes of a game. Conor McKenna is not that, and I actually think his his Aussie rules. Uh, background was a huge influence in the type of player he was, right? And bear with me on this. It's like Aussie rules, like he says, you come on, you have a big impact and you go balls out, eyeballs out for 15 minutes and then you're off again for the, in the in- interchange. So when Conor McKenna could do virtually nothing for 50 minutes and then he'd explode and all of a sudden, like, you know, even in the big games, that's when I counted. And people, like the goals he scored against Kerry, the way he set up goals for Darren McCurry, uh, he just exploded in certain times, but he also did stuff that people were not really expecting. And like last year, for example, when Trone were looking vulnerable, they were playing for Man in the Premier in, in Ulster, down in Bristol Park. They were actually really struggling to do anything. They got to half time only for Conor Myler's goal. They were in serious bother because Fermanagh were actually controlling the flow of the game. But what they did is they sent Conor McKenna on. Uh, they sent him to Mark, one of Fermanagh's more senior players, let's say. And he just ran the whole, he just ran everything ragged. I think he hit the post and someone else followed up for the goal. But he, he basically was the spark that just ignited them. And then to lose him like that, that's a, Massive blow, massive blow. Like so, you've got the dependables, and you, then you've got the, the the guys who are key to the strategy, the, the actual playing strategy. You miss all that, then you're bringing in young lads who are twenty, twenty one, and yes, they've had success at underage football, but they've had that. All that tells you is they have had success at underage football. Danny Hughes is now with us, a former Down footballer. How are you keeping, Danny? Good, thanks. Uh, how are you? I'm not sure how much how much of a uh, Declan's analysis you've been hearing there but everything he's just spoken about even in the last couple of minutes about the makeup of that Tyrone squad it sounds like a pretty neat description of a team in transition Yeah and I got obviously I got a, a bit of it there on Declan Declan would uh, for, for money money actually know football so I can't really argue too much against what he's been there but I think Tyrone done extremely well to win the All-Ireland what he won they really you know people would say well it was Fortune, it was a bit lucky, but I, I actually don't think that I think that uh, they were the best team that year, fully deserved it. And you look at, at some of the performances that year where it's done. Danny, Danny, sorry, I'll stop you there for a sec. Just the line is breaking up. We might try and dial you back up in uh, in just a second. Uh, it was breaking up, Declan. I'm fairly sure he said they won a soft all Ireland. Isn't that what he said? I think that's what he said. I didn't hear it. No, no, no. Like the thing about a, a transition and that we usually associate, I think it's because of the fact that Tyrone that year came in, it felt like somewhat under the radar. You would never associate a team like that as one who would then move into a period of transition. You sort of felt like actually that may be the start of something very special for three or four years for Tyrone. But somehow they've moved within the space of 18 months from All-Ireland Champions to this spot where like, how long of a tr- transitionary period could this be? Like, are you looking at them and thinking actually they'll suffer during this league campaign but by the time Ulster comes around by the time that new round robin series for the All-Ireland Championship comes around actually this this coaching ticket could have it sorted? Don't know because you could say that most years before now but you know in the old system which was only two or three years ago, you know, you, you had the whole league wrapped up and sort of just after St. Patrick's Day. And then you had the all of April free for a club 
month and then really the, the provincial series was only getting going in the middle of May so you had a six week period there and you could have done an amazing amount of work and you could have went to Portugal for a week and you could have done all these things and pledged yourself and uh, to it and you could have bonded the team in that period. That period is no longer there. I mean, look at Mayo and Roscommon and look at the dance that they're doing, trying to avoid each other playing in a league final a week before they meet in the Connacht Championship, you know. So everything is far too condensed uh, and everything in round four is relevant to round one of the championship as far as I'm concerned because you just cannot shake off stinking form. Uh, not like that. Um, you know, the, the, the transition, my God, like, I mean... you. Know, the thing is about intercounty football is, I did something on this the other day, is the occupations of the people who are managing. Like Kevin McStay said, I am now going to dedicate the next four years of my life to this. Jack O'Connor said, I don't know how anybody can actually do this now and work because you're not going to do the one of the two correctly. And I think I kind of call him a rock, another man who's retired. I think I counted five retired men in the top two divisions, one teacher in Vinnie Corey. The rest are all sort of fairly vague and a lot of them have businesses and a couple have no discernible sort of nine to five mm. or anything like that. A couple of them have sold businesses. But the point being is, you know, then you look at Throne and then you look at Brian Dewar as the de- Deputy Chief Veterinary Officer for Northern Ireland and you look at Fergal Logan who's running his own solicitor's practice over two sites interim and then being dragged into all sorts of things for advice for disciplinary uh, issues in every county in Ireland and you're thinking like you know I, I tell you what I admire them because they're doing it for the right reasons they're not doing it to prop up any kind of a, a nice wee foreign holiday at the end of it but by God like you know you've never saw a, a management team that are involved in at such a high level in their day to day work and life Uh, it could be worse, of course. Uh, they could be in Duddy Gall's position where it feels like it's complete another crisis off the pitch. The news this week around Carl Lacey and the issues he had behind the scenes with coaching in the county and it feels like there's a massive split uh, away from the inter-county team. All of that happening in the shadow of Michael Murphy stepping away from senior football as well. They've had a couple of very, very bad defeats. They've also maybe by good fortune, got Kerry on that first day of the league. They managed to get a draw last time out. If you're sort of doing a power ranking of the Ulster sides right now, are are, are Donegal dropping down it fairly rapidly? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, I mean, they would have to. Like, they, uh, I haven't looked at the, the lineouts in the last couple of weeks there, to be honest, but Kieran, Kieran Thompson, is he coming back? I mean, uh, you know, all of a sudden, Oshin Gallen comes from someone comes from a place where two, three years ago you said, oh, this guy's going to be a bit special or this guy's going to be a top player to now, my God, he has to be our top man here. Like, you know, you also need about 10 or 15% more out of the Jason McGee's and Michael Langans, especially Langan, who has shown it like in, in, in solo runs and goals that he has the talent to do whatever he wants, but at the same time has an infuriating uh, habit of, of just fading completely from games. Or uh, No, look, I mean, you know, I just don't see them as a threat. I don't see them as a threat at all in Ulster this year, and, and God knows where they're going to go. Um, an awful lot depends on Paddy McBurdy's ability to get back in time, but he has been a quick healer in the past, and uh, he will not want his captaincy to be a kind of a dud one, you know? 
I think Danny is back with us. We'll give it one more go. Danny, can you hear us yeah. loud and clear? Yeah. We're we're talking Donegal, who down face uh, first up in the Ulster Championship. Uh, you wouldn't be surprised to see these two teams in the same division of the league next season. No, and I, I suppose Downs still have a wee bit more to do. Um, Fermanagh and Cavan are going to be there thereabouts, but um, Donegal. I I thought Donegal would struggle this year, obviously without the the, the brilliant Michael Murphy. Um, I didn't expect him to step away. I thought he maybe would have given the new management a year um, to see them bed in. But um, last weekend's result actually was pretty good, pretty decent. Uh, it surprised me, actually, because I didn't think... Uh, I, I thought Donegal were going to be were going to struggle really, really badly. And the result the first day out against Kerry was excellent. So um, I think Declan's right. There's, there's a number of fringe players that have threatened to be... To, to step up and be real top players for Donegal and uh, probably haven't kicked on in the way that uh, we all thought they would. So I would probably say that while it's going to be difficult for them to stay up, I don't think it's a disaster if they go down either. Um, but I'd, I'd have a sneaky wee bet um, that Down and Yuri are going to be are going to be ready for Donegal and without McBrady, that's a massive blow. Down this time last year were in a bit of a mess themselves and there were all sorts of off the field issues there with uh, James McCarthy when he was in charge Connor Lafferty has come in very young man brought Marty Clark in alongside him there's a, a definite buzz around what they might be able to achieve over the next few years from watching them in their first few matches then in Division 3 what is the game plan what's the style of football what's different well, when you watch Kilku and see how they play uh, kind of mirrors itself uh, with Down at the minute. They're full of character, they're full of fight. And the one thing that this Down team can do, and it's something that Laverty has put in early doors, is they can score goals. And if you look through the league matches to date, you know, they've been behind quite often. And their ability to get two or three goals and work the goals is something that has definitely been ingrained in them early in the year. And uh, I have to say, there is a bit of a lift. There's de- there's a definite sign here in the county that they're going in the right direction. They're very, very fit. Um, but, you know, I have to be realistic. There's still a fair bit to go here because even the first half against Westmeath, there was another... And Westmeath were very, very good. I have to say, I was very impressed with Westmeath, um, especially John Heslin, their full forward. But I, you know, I would have said that they'll be going away from Yuri Park Esler last weekend. They'll be kicking themselves because they regressed. They were nearly afraid to kick on the second half and go and win the game. And they invited down on, and for 20 minutes, then down were winning second balls, and they just had the momentum that Westmeath couldn't stop. Declan, Armagh. Uh, in Division 1 they look somewhat settled like if we're talking about the best team in Ulster right now is it is it Armagh is it Derry until Armagh start beating teams that that are perceived to be above them on a regular basis without doing it once in a league campaign then you, you cannot talk about Armagh as being genuine uh, contenders because they have a, a, a major issue in getting themselves into winnable positions in games and then just simply making a bags of it. And we have to tell you, like, you know, the, you only have to look at the habit of, of late fouls. I mean, you know, go back to the 21 championship and they were up 
they had trailed against Mon- Monaghan, tore them to shreds in Uri. Donnelly might have been at this game. It was the, the day after per, uh, Brendan O'Duffy had his accident, right. God rest him. And uh, Monaghan were coming with an awful lot of emotion. And they tore Armagh apart. Uh, and, you know, the Armagh management just couldn't recognise that, you know, the fullback was getting destroyed by Jack McCarron until half an hour and then he was taken off. And then uh, Armagh got themselves into a brilliant position in, uh, towards the end of the game, got into the lead after bringing on Conor Turbot, who made a massive difference. And then I think there were three points behind, and I think Conor McManus then was fouled for four frees by James Morgan, each of them. Connor himself was fouled and put each of them over the bar to get the lead. I think Stephen O'Hanlon got the final point then. But the, all those all those frees came like from about the 68th minute on. And Declan, and Declan, that is that was that was that poor management from the sideline and having the wrong man on Conor McManus, or was it just pure real discipline? Well, it must be a lack of options because, like, I mean, if you're not changing them on and you can see there's been seriously fouled by the same person, then I don't know. I, I honestly can't understand. Sorry, James Morgan. James Morgan had a good year last year. He was much more disciplined, to be fair, in last year's campaign than he has been in any of the previous campaigns. Like James Morgan is a very, very tough take kind of defender. And in the past, what Arma has lacked is that discipline as a collective, but particularly in an individual level. Like if Aiden Fogger, Aiden Fogger plays in the forward line for his club and is full back and does a lot of man-marking roles for Arma. But the big problem Arma have is their collective defending. Um, and they got received a fair bit of criticism last week for a couple of things. Uh, one was that it was, there was a perception from what we watched on television that they were very negative. And the second thing is that there were there was a lot of off-the-ball stuff. Now, the off-the-ball stuff, I'm not quite sure what they're trying to prove in that. If they were going to play football, I would think they would be as good going forward as what Kerry are because from midfield up as I say you've got Jolly O'Burns who's a, a Roman halfback really good footballer very very good football. so they have the footballers it's just the collective defending and what I feel the management done last week is against Kerry um, they've decided they're going to the All-Ireland Champions they're going down to Kerry and they're going to try and win a game by a point or two points and to be fair, one of the criticisms of Armagh is that they're brilliant to watch. They're lovely going forward, but the problem is that they give us too good a game. It's like Newcastle under Kevin Keegan. You know, you, you, we'll try and score five, you might score four. So I think maybe last weekend's game was a kind of a, a moment where the management looked at them. If we get out of here winning by a point, that's enough for us. And um, but I think it's they, they have had that for a number of years. They haven't won an Ulster title despite the the strength of their squad and, and them coming. That it's the discipline and as a collective defending. Is that a coaching issue for them? Then, if it's a collective problem at the back. Well, but put it this way. Armagh have had uh, a number of different coaches at different times. Jim McCurry, who who had done the rounds and down. They had Dennis Hollywood, they had Kieran Donaghy, they have Kieran McKeever. You know, there is an element where you get all the best coaches in the world. Kieran McGinney was a brilliant, brilliant defender himself and had a great, uh, he was a great man for reading the game. There comes a point where you're going, you know, the Sean Marty Lockhart's of this world, 
uh, you know, do they have the defenders? I'm not sure if they have the defenders. They certainly have the midfielders and forwards, but I'm not sure if they have the defenders. I'm talking about boys that are happy to go out and do a job, uh, man mark and roll, know where to defend, know where to position themselves. Um, and, and the discipline, as Declan said, is the big thing. The discipline in the tackle uh, is huge. Uh, we're pretty much out of time, Declan, but I do want to give a mention for Derry because Derry Dublin will be one of the games of the weekend and probably a testament to how Derry have progressed that we're seeing. Well, actually, we learn a lot about Dublin this weekend as to their four wins from four so far and the fact it feels like they're stuttering. Uh, what Rory Mar- Gallagher is doing from bringing them from Division 4 to Division 2 and heading rapidly towards Division 1, this is one of the great coaching achievements of the last few years. Rory Gallagher would be the very last person that would agree with you there, Nathan. I'll tell you why. I just because I've known him from we were children, really. Rory would just think that the narrative being built up around Derry that they're they're looking amazing, they're the best coach team in Ireland and all that. They're not playing Mayo. They're not playing Kerry. They're playing teams that, like, but from God where they were, they were a shambles. Yeah. Ex- so, so what I'm saying is they're not playing Kerry. They're not playing Mayo week in week out. They're not having to play for. They're not having to plan for the best players now and they're, they're playing against teams who are extremely uh, disorganised or only getting going like me it was so obvious what was going to happen like you know Common Rook has spent the best part of uh, 25 years talking about kicking the ball in and letting people express themselves I mean my god it was like the scorpion and the frog uh, <laughs> they, they were always going to annihilate me and Owen Beg. they were always going to do a serious number on a Kildare team that don't seem to have an absolute rasher how this game is, is played so you you're not coming up against a, a tag morning sitting in front of a Jason Foley and, you know, Tom O'Sullivan in the corner. It's nowhere near the quality. So Rory Gallagher won't kill himself. He won't be thinking that we are, God, we, we were, we're favourites for us here because we're playing against teams that might be lucky enough to be in, in or might might end up in the Tolshan Cup themselves, you know. Uh, so, and, and some of that belongs to to the chat about down at the minute. And I'm sure Daniel will agree with this. Like you know, the attitude was absolutely stinking. It would it would appear under James McCartan and Connor. All he Connor has to do here is come in and organise them and get them fit, mm. and then you're a hundred percent better already. Like overnight. But, but Rory Gallagher it has to be said. Rory Gallagher, I think, at this minute in time, is one of the hottest coaches on the circuit, and he has. You look at what he like. Jimmy McGuinness never won that All Ireland by himself and his management team. There was a clear change from twenty eleven or twenty eleven when Donegal first came to twenty twelve when they won it, and still they were going by twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen when McGuinness quit and Rory Gallagher took over. Now Gallagher's done that. He he done a great job at Fermanagh as well for two years. They made them very very hard to beat, and now he's at Derry, and he makes he has a formula there that is working. And if you can, but that'll only be sustained for two or three seasons, and then the boys run out of intensity. It's a bit like the Mourinho thing as well. But uh, but Roy Geller move on. But he has a formula there that that is being replicated for every coach in the country is replicating what Roy Geller is doing. So as a coach, he's the hottest man in the market. Can I, can I just say there, Donny, that I agree with everything you say. The only thing is there that that, that is a common currency thing that the people say about Rory Gallagher. But this is season four. This is season four now at Derry. And I think that I agree with you that, you know, it was that his teams, they can get a wee bit clapped out or whatever from that high-intensity game. But I think the shorter season now will, will guard against that for someone like that that wants the huge commitment 
all in from day one. I think the short season now will actually work in the favour of someone like Rory if they if they if they demand that off the players. Declan, the dog mustn't be happy with you. He must be from Kildare or something because barking away in the background there. We got to leave it at that, unfortunately. Uh, Declan Bogue, Danny Hughes, great stuff. See you, Danny. See you, Nathan. Thank you. Thanks. Off the ball on News Talk.